Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you can do it all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash I-E-Y-E on golf. Back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am your host, Chip Patterson. That's Kyle Porter. Kyle, two weeks in a row. This is our third podcast. We are very thankful for all of our subscribers. We are thankful that the golf action has given us some pretty tremendous finishes and some uh, good stuff to talk about as we look back and grade the weekend here on a Monday. In the last month, Chip, the least exciting win has been by a guy who uh, was doing trick shot videos like three years ago. And... You go from Sergio at the Masters to obviously Wesley Bryan winning uh, at Hilton Head and then Kevin Chappell, uh, the crazy team team playoff in New Orleans, and then Brian Harmon just with a just a bomb on Sunday to uh, to beat Dustin Johnson. It was it was pretty fun. I mean, it was a it was a really fun Sunday on a week that uh, it, it was a field that maybe shouldn't have been that fun, but I I loved it. I thought it was great. We had um, so Brian Harmon goes into he's got he finishes sixteen. And he needs one birdie in the final two holes because we've already had at the moment uh, Dustin Johnson and Pat Perez. We'll get to both of those guys here in just a little bit, but they were already in the clubhouse at this point. Uh, you know, Brian Harmon. What do we necessarily know uh, about Brian Harmon, the golfer? I think this is his uh, tour win number two. Um, and what did you see from him in what seemed like, from television at least, he just. Uh, Man, he he just showed some stones, went out there, made some pretty awesome shots uh, down the stretch to be able to get the win. Yeah, it was one of those tournaments where, and and I think I, I think I saw somewhere it was the closely bunched tournament in terms of uh, the leader to the to the final guy making the cut after two rounds. I think that was only like six or seven strokes apart. Um, so it was a really closely bunched tournament, and I think you saw that because of. Um, the course. I mean, it, it, it was it was a tough course. It was windy, but it was fair. I mean, it it, it, it and we talked about it being kind of like a, a poor man's Augusta last week, but it really played out like that. You know, you saw a score of ten under win. That's around what you traditionally see at Augusta. But Brian Harmon, he's a uh, he's a Georgia guy. Uh, went to UGA. He's part of that. Uh, I think he was a little older, but he's part of that like Hudson Swafford, Harris English. Um, I guess Patrick Reed was there for a little bit, but that, I mean, they've, they've just produced them and, and, uh, Oklahoma Kisner, state or right? uh, Kisner, did he play there? I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but them, uh, Georgia and Oklahoma state have produced just some just really good players over the last 10 or 15 years, uh, on, on the PGA tour. And he won, uh, the John Deere, uh, was his first PGA Tour win. He's a he's a left hander. He's you know doesn't have a a ton of pop, but he 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 was just one of those guys. Like you, you could have picked ten or out of ten or fifteen of them on uh, at, at some point on Saturday that were just hanging around. And um, he made a mistake on fifteen, three putted, uh, but then made up for it with uh, birdie in the last two holes to to take down Dustin Johnson. So. Good for him. You know, he was he was really emotional afterwards. Like I, I felt like he was almost going to start crying on on uh, when he was talking to Dottie Pepper. So uh, it clearly affected him and uh, and and just a big win for him this season. What do you think you saw from um, the like Dustin Johnson comes in, uh, goes sixty seven sixty seven on Saturday and Sunday, 
yeah. and seemed very much in control of his game. Uh, you know, didn't get the win here, but didn't feel it. I never got the sense, and I think that we were even uh, talking in our Slack workroom a little bit on Sunday, but I, I didn't get the sense that this was going to be Dustin's tournament to win, but man, he was good the entire way. And I knew that if it came back to him, he'd have a chance. But that was uh, this was the kind of performance from the world number one that's got to give you uh, a number one um, no lingering back issues. Obviously, this is the the biggest thing that you wanted to see was him be healthy, him be able to complete it, him not have any hangups. So then, not even on top of that, um, he is now in a position where the continued hot streak, at least in terms of tournaments where he has started and finished, uh, things seem to be continuing to look as good as they looked prior to the Masters. Yeah, I mean, he's faced 592 golfers over the last five tournaments and lost to three of them. God, I love that stat. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a joke. Ridiculous, right? It's it's uh, Kelly Craft and Jordan Spieth at the Pebble Beach, and then Brian Harmon on Sunday. That's it. Those are the only three guys that have beat him. <laughs> which is, I mean, it's it's silly. It's it's crazy. But you know, it, it was what was even crazier is he made the cut on the number. Like he was one stroke from just flat out missing the cut. And then he almost ends up winning the thing. His weekend was, was awesome. And, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about DJ, but I told somebody else this, my biggest thing with him right now is whereas I used to think that he was, if he had like an eight foot putt, I used to think there's no way this is going in, even though he, he obviously he's made a lot of eight foot putts over the course of his career. But sure. Now, when he's got an eight foot putt or a ten foot putt, I tend to think he's probably going to make this. And obviously, he misses a lot of them. But it, it just, it, and I don't know if that's a me thing or if it's a him thing. I haven't looked up his his strokes gain from eight to ten feet, but he just seems so confident when he puts himself in in position to make some of those, you know, eight to ten foot putts that win golf tournaments. And and you know that's a big thing on the PGA Tour. Like who gives themselves the most? Uh, I, I think the number is like 12 footers or, or whatever. And DJ does it a lot with the way he hits it. That drive he hit on 18 was a joke <laughs> on Sunday. He carries it 332 off the tee. And we're, and we're worried about, uh, you know, green reading materials. The USGA puts out a statement about green reading materials. It's like, ah, DJ's carrying it 332 off the, off the 72nd hole at, uh, at Eagle Point. I want to take a look into that, uh, you know, <laughs> before we get to the green reading. But now he was awesome. Um, I, I'm excited for him at, at the players. I haven't looked up his record there, but uh, I, I'm pumped to see what he can do. I, for me, DJ is a, a little bit of a, um, or at least the way that uh, I, I seem to view him, particularly as it comes to the green, is that I see him as a as a momentum player. Where if if those first two shots were dialed in, then yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think it's like all of a sudden I've I've turned the corner that where I think oh he's going to finish this hole well, you know, and yeah. you know he's he might miss a. He might miss a birdie opportunity. I feel like I see Dustin Johnson make a lot of good birdie putts that don't go in, like tap in pars after playing <laughs> his first two shots really, really well. And so, like, if I see, I, I think that if he gets to the green after hitting some good shots, then it maybe it is a confidence thing, like you said, that you just imagine that he's going to be able to uh, to get those sh- putts in to be able to. Uh, and of course, we're sitting here talking about the number one player in the freaking world. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> think about this. Like he's number I'm looking at this right now. He's number 23 on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. So he's uh, more or less a top 25 putter on the PGA Tour this year. And 
if that's the case with guys like him and Rory and a couple other guys at the top, if they're in the top, last year he finished 36. If 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 guys if guys like that are in the top 40 in putting, they're going to have historic years. Rory, I think, was 40th back in 2014 when he won two majors and and three tournaments in a row. So he doesn't have to be the best putter. He doesn't have to be the 10th best putter. He just has to be kind of in that range of, of 25 to 40 and the, the way that he hits it and a couple other guys hit it it's gonna it's gonna equate to a ton of, of wins on the pga tour uh the two two players that jumped out at me this weekend as i was uh as i was taking a, a little bit of a a closer look at this as tournament and just getting uh continuing to get fired up about this podcast uh number one oh well, two of them john rom and pat perez and i want to talk about rom first because um, there, is, there are a lot of reasons, and you've written about some of them in terms of the way he's playing. Uh, I think this was a Justin Ray stat, but eight top five finishes and 24 PGA Tour events as an amateur yeah, it's, pro. It's a joke. That's it's ridiculous. Joke. I yeah. like John Rahm because I think he's got some flair. He's got some dramatics to him. Like his, his reactions to shots are pretty fantastic. And when you've got that kind of um, the, the extra the, – the extra flair to it, it makes me as a fan, and I think that I've used this comparison before, but it's sometimes with golf, you're a fan of it like you're a fan of wrestling, but it makes the the lines of the character filled in more. So when you've got this uh, you know, budding superstar, young player, and he's got a little bit of character to him. I mean, he's not milk toast, he's not dull, then that makes me more excited uh, to see this player who I think is absolutely going to be a force, not only through the rest of the season, but for the time to come. Well, and, and you know, what, what was really interesting about that, I, I watched his post-round interview with, I believe it was with Peter Costas, and he was very much um, out of the moment then, like kind of reflecting back on it. And so he's he's this guy at, at such a young age that has learned how to uh, just kind of be a performer on the course and then step out of it when he gets off the course. You know, he was very gracious uh, talking about Brian Harmon and, and just the way things ended. And I think that's great because, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but like when it comes down to it, this is this is a performance. It is entertainment. And that's why... Guys like Sergio Garcia and Rory at the at the uh, Ryder Cup last year, like we're here to be entertained and it's fun. And th- the Rom thing, like I, he gets he he runs a little hot sometimes, and <laughs> I I think it's great. Like yeah, get fired up that you that you missed a putt or that you miss hit a shot or whatever. But then step out of it when you get off the 18th green and um and and realize that that was a performance and that you're still you know just part of this bigger PGA tour. And so I, I love that, but doesn't he have such a penchant for like hitting a shot when he needs it or, or chipping in when he really has to have it? I know he didn't win and whatever, but like, I, I'm just, I, I couldn't be more excited to see how his career plays out. I, I, people compare him to Sergio a lot just because of the obvious Spanish, Spanish yeah. uh, connection, but his his career is going to play out differently, if only because he's just not going to play on the European tour as much. He's going to be primarily a, a PGA tour guy. He did join the European tour this year, uh, just because he he has to to, to be on the uh, the Ryder Cup team next year. But I, I'm I'm really interested. What do you think his ceiling is like for over the course of his career? What, what how many wins? How many majors for John Rahm? I think this, he will. I think he, I think he's going to get two majors. 
for okay. sure. Yeah, I don't. I'm, and and I'm still getting a hold of you know how how to count up and guess wins just based on uh, everyone has a different workload and you know we we obviously you know hope nothing but best help for him. But he he seems like a multiple major winner to me. You know, just as as the floor. Like, what is his ceiling? I don't know, man. He's still so young. He's still so good. Um, and I don't know. Like, you were just talking about Georgia and Oklahoma State. Arizona State's uh, got a strong program, too. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They really do. Going And, and it spans a long time, going back from, from Phil Mickelson to to Rom and, and uh, with several guys in between. I, I think that – I think my ceiling for Rom is like um, – I think it's like 25 wins and four majors. Which I, I mean, obviously, that's a historically unbelievable career. That's sort of <laughs> that's that's what like DJ is tracking on. That's what Rory is. Well, Rory's already got four majors, but he needs like twelve more PGA Tour wins to get to twenty five. So that's the, he's up there with those guys in terms of his ceiling. Uh, but I'm with you on the floor. He, he's, you know, I think there's going to be. I think we're going to look back on this era and see a lot of guys that were one major guys that you're like, man, how'd that guy? only win one major how'd ricky fowler only win one major you know because how, because how'd... there's just so there's uh the top only... level is yeah. just packed right now and there's only four majors a year how did adam scott only win one major how did justin rose i mean i don't those guys may or may not win more than that but to be a two to be a multiple major guy you have to be really really good uh and i know people are are gonna throw zach johnson in my face over that but i, I just it, it's um I, I think Rom is that guy. And oh, so I'm with what you. about Justin Rose? John Rom could be Justin Rose, and Justin Rose could win another major very, very soon. He could win another major yeah. this year, uh, and that could you know change his math. But in terms of the the way that Justin Rose is so consistent, I think that John Rom could be that player who's just always there in the mix. Yeah, I agree. And and for me, the fun thing about Rom compared to Rose, Rose gets he gets a little like. Uh, mechanical for me, like just just what, and I don't even, I'm not even necessarily. Oh, I love it. Swing, I love it. Just, the, ro- uh, the just the the it seems a little robotic, right? Yeah, he's he's robotic, and it, it it's a it makes for like a, a strange viewing experience. But Rom <laughs> Rom is like the opposite. Like that's he, true. He's just he's just he's like the guy at at uh, like in your pickup basketball games who's. Um, He's like wearing low tops and like he like has like a long sleeve t-shirt on and you're like what what is this guy doing and then he drops like 35 like he just he just goes out and plays and I did you see his um I, I haven't noticed this as much before but his backswing is so short like he barely takes it back past his shoulder before he comes through it and uh, he gets so much length out of that I don't know I just I'm very. I like. I like golfers. I like athletes in golf who are are interesting, who are characters, and and he is definitely that. I think he's a unique player, and I think he's going to have a really good career. Well, so, uh, the other one I wanted to ask you about. Speaking of uh, character, so my reference point for uh, Pat Perez is. Uh, you know, number one, you just you're rocking like a flat bill and you got really long hair. All right. So just like right <laughs> off the bat, you got to understand you're going to attract attention. Number two, like his quitting of social media and sort of bitterness about Twitter. And number three, him coming out and being a, a big voice in the like, where is Tiger at 
uh, of the last six months, uh, just causes, you know, just stirring up some controversy. So I can't say that uh, all of my reference points have been great, but I think that he's playing really well right now. Like, what do I make of Pat Perez and where do you think he's going to fit into the picture as the season unfolds? Well, it's interesting because he is somebody, I think he's around 40 or 41 years old. He grew up playing with Tiger at junior events in California. So he's an older guy and really strangely kind of a a late bloomer. This is uh, probably his, uh, definitely his best uh, season so far on on the PGA Tour, uh, and he's played in almost 400 events. He's won like 20, almost 21 million dollars nice. over the course of his career. But but he's one of those guys who like just sits at I don't know like 83rd on the money list, 91st, you know, 72nd, just just kind of hangs out there. Uh, but he won in the fall after after having uh, surgery on his shoulder last year. And then he's he's been great so far this year. He's got uh, how many? T- he's got five top tens on the yeah. season. Yeah, that's I ridiculous. Mean, that's, that's really really good. And uh, he's another guy who's just he's a character. It's good for the game of golf uh, to have guys like him playing well. And so good good for him. I, I do like the fly bill. He he wears it well. It's kind of the it's kind of like the uh, modern Charlie Hoffman look. Remember when Charlie <laughs> Hoffman had like really long hair and wore the flat bill? Yeah, he's cropped it since then. He, he keeps it <laughs> he keeps it tucked under the big hat. He doesn't have those long flowing golden locks quite quite like he used to. But but he's see per, Perez has the uh, Perez has got an extended version of the hair that I remember some kids had in middle school. Where you'd put the hat on and then use the blow dryer to get your wings to get it <laughs> to get it uh, all extended out from underneath it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a fun look. He was one of the first guys to go over to uh, to PXG and uh, to use PXG clubs. So an interesting cat for sure. He's uh, he's one of the more interesting and, and better quotes on the PGA Tour. Uh, Alan Shipnuck did a really good profile of him. People should check out uh, on golf.com earlier this year. It's it's uh, excellent. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city, industry, nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails, no juggling calls to your office. Just quickly screen candidates. Rate them and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter.com for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash I-E-Y-E on golf. One more time, for free, 99. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. Patrick Reed uh, went into Sunday looking. He, he showed up. They showed his uh, his black cowboy boots that he got married in. He was he was you know very much in a position. Everything the table was set for P. Reed to come out here and uh, and take this thing. And then he dropped to seventy five. Uh, Patrick Reed and then Francesco Molinari, which by the way. Great call on a sleeper. Mm, yeah, he faded, but he that faded, was, but that was, it was a good, was fun. It was the right holes. call. So, like, um, what what did you see from 
Molinari, you called, but Patrick Reed, you know, crept up here, kind of fell apart down the stretch. Uh, what do you make of those two performances, players that were ha- had a share of the lead and lost it on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday? Well, Molinari didn't surprise me, obviously, because I picked him, but he, he's just he, he's been hitting the ball really well this year. I think he's probably moved up into the top 12 in strokes gained tee to green, uh, and this was, as we saw, just a, a ball striker's course. Um, the Reed thing was interesting because he hit it not very well. Um, and especially on the weekend, he was just couldn't find a fairway. I mean, every time I looked up, he's in the woods or he looked like Phil down in Mexico earlier this year, but, um, in a sand trap just all over the yard. And he was, he was scrambling like crazy. I mean, I, it was, I thought it was impressive that he finished in the top 15, the way that he hit it. Um, he's had a, you know, he's had a weird year. Like he's just not played very well. I know he kind of blamed that on his equipment at the Texas open uh, a few weeks ago. I hate that that so much. Yeah. It's just, it seems kind of, kind of weak. Like just for sure. I mean, that's part of the thing, right? That's like, um, like, like keeping yourself healthy is part of being a professional athlete making sure your shoes fit is part of being an NBA player. Like, figure it out like you can't go multiple events with with bad equipment but um i don't know like he's just not he just can't put four rounds together right now and i his his career like his trajectory was so good early on like he's got five pj tour wins he's only 26 years old Uh, but over the course of his career he's only got 25 top 10 finishes like I, i bet that ratio one to f- one one win for every five top ten finishes. I bet it's a lot higher for other guys. Meaning, he kind of seems to like close things out when he's really close. I know he didn't uh, over the weekend, but um, I don't know. Like he's just not. He's just. He's just. He's just not. Just not. I don't. I, I just don't really know what to do with him. Like he's not, he's just not hitting it good. And and that's a weird thing for him. Cause he's always been a really good ball striker. Like, is he going to be just, is he just going to be a Ryder cup guy? I, I would say yes, but five PGA tour wins is a lot, you know, by the time, by the but time right now that's his first sentence. Like if you're, if you're trying to talk about Patrick Reed, <laughs> the first thing you're going to talk about is like fiery fun performer in the Ryder cup. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like a, um, it's sort of like a rich man's Ian Poulter. Yeah. And, you know, Ian Poulter was really good, really successful on the P- on the uh, European tour. He's only won a couple times on the PGA tour, but obviously he's had all the success at the Ryder Cup. And, but he never really put it together in, in major championships. And Reed's been the same way, you know, still doesn't have a top 10 at a major, which is startling. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to be interesting to to sort of uh, keep an eye on the rest of the year. His only his only top ten is at the uh, Tournament of Champions, and that was only like a thirty three man field or whatever. So, uh, not trending in the right direction for old P. Reed. I uh, saw that. Uh, I believe you took this. Uh, you made this in your grades, um, but Phil Mickelson's a. I think you said, I don't know what to do with Phil right now. And it makes for like really entertaining viewing, you know, but like, I, I think it was around, what was it like 10, 11, 12, like he went four over through three holes or something. And yeah. it, we went from being like, Oh, 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 oh no, 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 never mind. Yeah. He's out yeah. of here. Like what's, what do you see from Phil? Obviously uh, one of the big 
uh, fan favorites there at Eagle Point, someone who's going to draw a lot of attention. And, and when he's like, like you said, when he's just out there trying to hole out every single time, it's awesome. But I don't know how sustainable that is for uh, stacking up more wins moving forward. Yeah, it does feel like once he gets out of contention, he's just trying to to put on a show uh, for the fans, trying to hole out from anything inside like 140 yards. Yeah. But I, I, I wanted to ask you about this because I'm I'm interested to hear your take. Like, and I still don't totally, I'm not totally sure what my answer is. But would you be more surprised if over the next, uh, we'll say 10 years, if Phil Mickelson won an event or did not win an event? Because he hasn't, he's not won one since 2013. He's going to be, uh, what for, I think 47, uh, this summer. So he's three years away from, from being eligible for the, the senior circuit. Um, just what, what, what is your, would you be more surprised if he won or did not win over the rest of his PGA tour career? More surprised if he did not win. And that was, uh, that's math that has changed greatly after the duel with Stinson. Yeah. I just, I, when, watching that and like and to have him go and remember uh because i think i was helping out uh in some way shape or form uh with that but like the story of the whole championship was going to be uh his 63 yep and then all of a sudden it turned into this whole other thing where they just were you know running away from the field and uh the duel and the way it all played out i think that that performance even not winning, but that performance made me believe that, you know, where Phil Mickelson is right now in his career with his game says that I, I think that he's going to, he's going to win. I would be much more surprised if he did not win again. I think that's probably where I'm at too. It it just, it it feels like it's getting more and more difficult for him to put four rounds together. Mm. Like he'll, he'll put three or three and a half or two and a half or whatever, but just to, and I, and I realize we're not even a year out from that open, so obviously he can still do it. But it just—he's only—I think he's only got one top ten on the PGA Tour this year as well, and he's played pretty well. It just seems like he runs out of gas. I mean, it—it's—he's it, almost forty-seven. Like that's not a joke. Like it's—it's it's difficult to to get out there and grind with these 23, 26, 28 year olds. And, uh, so I don't know. I, I think I'm with you that I'd be much more surprised if he did not win, but we're getting, we're getting at least closer to that being a 50, 50 proposition. Yeah. Um, the, for the report from Eagle point, uh, first of all, man, the, uh, all of the, the people, all the players who should have had a home field advantage, most of them did not make the cut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I like, you go through it and it was like, uh, Varner Webb, um, uh, let's see. I don't know. Pretty much all the, all the locals. Like, I think I ran through that long list. It was like Chess and Hadley didn't make the cut. Harold Varner didn't make the cut. Carl Peterson didn't make the cut. Webb didn't make the cut. Bill Haas didn't make the cut. Brendan Todd didn't make the cut. Mm, poor. I did hear, uh, so my buddy Wes played in the pro-am with Harold Varner uh, said it was an awesome experience. And my friends that went, one of their big takeaways was uh, tight fairways, real tight. Yeah. So I think that yeah. we saw that with some of the players not being able to find it. That was the, the like where you go to the landing point and you realize, especially as you know, a, a, a regular 
uh, but very much an amateur and weekend golfer, you realize how tight those landing spots are at a place like that. It's uh, it'll it'll bring some some reality back into understanding what these players are facing off the tee. Yeah, I I just I couldn't get over how fair of a test it seemed like. You know, I I think it probably I don't know if it ended up like this, but at one point it was the most difficult non-major uh, so far this season in terms of scoring. And yet you, it produced a, a leaderboard that included John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, you know, Patrick Reed for a little while, really the the best players in, in the field coming in. And it just, I don't know, like it didn't, the scoring wasn't out of hand. It wasn't, you know, 30 under or whatever, but it, it wasn't U.S. Open like either. It wasn't too over. It just seemed like if you if you played really well, then you scored really well. It just seemed like such a fair test, and that that's the thing about Augusta that everybody loves, right? Is is that you know somebody like Mike Weir, who who can even in his prime could not hit it that far, can win there, and then somebody like Bubba, who hits it farther than maybe anybody ever has, can can win there, and. It, it it didn't. Um, I don't know that it favored a, a certain type of guy, but uh, you know the greens were great. It looked great. The holes were memorable. It, it was just. It was a really uh, fun new course, and we're gonna see it again. I think in twenty twenty one, I believe, when the President's Cup is at Quail Hollow. Oh, um, so, nice. Yes. So we'll see it again in in the near future, which I'm excited about. Well, I'm excited about the near future because. The next time that we talk to Kyle, he will be live from the blog cabin. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you need to let the listeners know. Give, give us a little bit of a promo. What's, what can we anticipate? And remember, you can follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. And I'm sure that, because um, isn't it Shane, Tron? Like the whole gang will all be together. So I'm anticipating a good social media presence from the blog cabin. Yeah, many of the of the people you follow on, on Twitter, probably, or you should be following them, uh, that are under, we'll say 35 years old that cover golf, uh, are going to be involved in the blog cabin. The no laying up fellas, uh, Adam Sarson will be there. Um, the fried egg, uh, people will be there. Uh, there's going to be some PGA tour folks there. Shane Bacon was invited. I think he's bailing, which is, which Boo. is very disappointing. Yeah. Real, real disappointing. Just ejected LPCP from <laughs> Shane Bacon. But, um, no, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've never been to the players. We're all super excited to get down there and cover it and just kind of see what it's all about. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. We're going to, I might be on a. I might be doing this podcast from like a pool swan because we're we have a house down there and there's going to be pool swans. So I might be doing this podcast on Wednesday from a pool swan. Johnny Menzel may or may not be involved. I hope uh, he is. <laughs> I really hope he is. I think that we need to make sure we need to find a way to make that happen. I I was like, I mean, this is like you will have. Are you are you going to get there Tuesday? Tuesday night. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you'll have some time yeah. to settle in. Well, yeah, we might have – it might be SB2K17 Part 2 if if uh, Smiley and, and Ricky miss the cut. Are you going to just invite them over? Yeah, just say, hey, I don't know what you guys are doing, but we're going to be uh, blogging over here, so that's exciting. Do you want to come over? <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Uh, the bookmaker.eu 
players' odds include the ability to bet on how many balls will settle in the water on the 17th hole with the uh, the leading bet, like the most likely, being 36 to 40. Yeah. Is that over the course of the tournament or in one? In one oh, that's just, uh, I think that's the course of the tournament. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you know, what were the odds on a hole in one? Do you know? Yeah, I've got it pulled up right now. Um, will there be a hole in one on the 17th hole? Yes. Plus 350. No. Minus 500. Hmm. So pretty, I, I mean, think, yeah, that's, that's tough because there's usually not, I think, um, Will Wilcox made a hole in one with his yellow golf ball a couple of years ago. And it was the first one in like, it was something crazy, like 15 years or so, 12 years, something like that. Um, so I probably have to go no on that. Yeah, and it's uh, always more—it's always more fun to bet on the hole in one happening, but it, it usually doesn't. You've got the plus one hundred on will there be a hole in one on any hole during the tournament? Mm. So you got yeah. twelve is the other par three, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure. Uh, no, twelve I think is the renovated par four. They, I'm really excited. Like they they renovated some of the back nine, and it's going to be. Uh, I think it's. I just uh, that's another course that I feel like it is such a tough, good test for these guys that it's not. You know, it's not eight thousand yards, but uh, it's tough. And you get to those. I mean, we saw what Ricky Fowler did a couple years ago. You can you can birdie in from fourteen on, but you can also hit three balls in the water on 17 like Sergio did in, in 2013. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm, I'm in on the players championship as the fourth major. Get out of here. PGA. Championship. <laughs> oh man. All right. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS and please do that because he is about to undertake an absolutely awesome, awesome week at the players. We're going to get a lot of good content uh, for the website, for the podcast and just a lot of good life experiences for Kyle. Uh, So Kyle, uh, we will be previewing the players. We'll be making our expert picks and more. So be sure you tune in for that. Subscribe on iTunes. That's how you get the episodes first. Kyle, thanks so much, man. A lot of fun. Thanks, Chip. We'll uh, talk to you from a swan and a pool (laughs) swan on Wednesday. (laughs) 